like this bizarre world where like like yeah. uh, like tonight in the news a puppeteer again has yeah. Yeah, everybody has done the impossible yeah, yeah. yeah. Malkovich 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 Malkovich, 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 Malkovich. All right, Malkovich, 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 Malkovich. All right, everybody, fuck that shit. Welcome to our fucking hour. Uh, we did it. We did, that, we it. did 75 takes of that. <laughs> that was the best. Oh, one. my God. Can we do one more? Uh, <laughs> do you want to? Do you need to? That's a joke. Okay. All right, oh, Christ. Um, <laughs> this is, of course, the show where we talk about one goddamn movie, and we have just one fucking hour to do it. Uh, we're talking episode 90 today, uh, <laughs> which we're going to get into being John Malkovich. Uh, I am Evan Husney. <laughs> And we got uh, to my left. We got Malkovich. No, uh, Tom Fitzgerald. <laughs> right. <laughs> What's going on, T? Hey, Malkovich. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were gonna fucking say that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. And <laughs> more for the road. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, I need it. And to my right, <laughs> we got <laughs> Mr. Marcus Malkovich. <laughs> How are you doing, Malkovich? <laughs> 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 Oh, oh my God. God! This is horrible. All right, and uh, <laughs> worst, the worst. Yeah, uh, running it back uh, with us, special guest, uh, of course, president yeah. of the uh, Charlie Kaufman fan club. We have Mr. <laughs> Joey Izzo back on the show. Uh, hello, Malkovich. <laughs> Malkovich. Malkovich. Hello. Yeah. Nice to be back. Yeah, man. No, I know. Yeah, because yeah, we, we did adaptation all together. Yes, we did uh, earlier right. this year. You know, yes, we did. So yes. We did. We did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I really went in hard on that one. This one, I'm glad to be here for. I'm really excited to dig into this major flag. I mean, look, I like I like this work, but I think Uh-oh. it's Uh-oh. I think I think to present as a Charlie Kaufman aficionado <laughs> or fan is going too far. I'm too far. just playing. <laughs> I know. I know. Save I know. it for the hour. Save no, it for because the hour. it was okay. funny. But that's all about me. I know I want to take up. I don't want to corrupt the hour with that. No, I know. Okay. Just, just so it's clear. Eyes. Just just so it's clear, because I'm definitely I was I was ribbing you a bit because when I texted you, hey, do you want to be on this? Because, you know, let's run it yeah. back, baby. Adaptation. Let's yeah. do this. You're like, well, I don't want people to think that I'm the Charlie Coffin. <laughs> yeah. f- Fanboy, you know, he only yeah. shows up. For yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, but right. said, that's why you're texting me about her. Yeah, did he do that one? And you're and you keep talking oh, about shit. Schenectady, that one too. dude. You and oh, get human around nature. to Schenectady, dude. He's a I human promise. nature bro Amazed. as well. <laughs> um, yeah. Nature. All oh, right, <laughs> that's the best one. Uh, so, <laughs> no, no, no. all right, so we're going to be getting into uh, being John Malkovich tonight, uh, mainly because. Uh, for this whole entire month, we've been looking at films from 1999. We kicked it off uh, just a few weeks ago uh, with my birthday episode where we examined The Matrix. That's right. One fucking hour in The Matrix. And then most recently, we just did one fucking hour in Election. So we're making our way through 
uh, some 1999 flicks. Very special year, special you know moment in time, lightning in a bottle moment. Were very interesting, you know, weird, quirky films were coming out. It's a lot of fun to uh, dig back into rewatching, revisiting these movies. Um, but first, before we get into tonight's flick, I just want to give a quick shout out to the One Fucking Hour Patreon. Patreon.com slash One Fucking Hour is where you can sign up just for five bucks a month to get instant access to all of our bonus episodes, all of our feature length audio commentary tracks that we've done. And I um, want to give a special shout out because we are going to be uploading soon a bonus episode dedicated to 1999, all the movies that we're not covering in long form here on the YouTube channel. We're just going to be freestyling, going down the list of all the crazy-ass movies from 1999. I'm sure Tom will get in a little spy who shagged me, you know, <laughs> maybe a little... Maybe a little Phantom OBA, Menace, even. A little Phantom Ooh. Menace. <laughs> a little of that. Yeah, yeah we're going to get A little American Butte. Ooh, yeah. Uh, maybe I'll get some American History X in. Was that 99 or is that 2000? I think so, yeah. Probably is so. It? All right. Uh, Look out. We already burned through Magnolia. Space. Office space. Office space, yeah. Oh, yeah. love it, love it, love it. Uh, so, wait, man. It, it, oh, Blair Witch Project. Oh, yeah, oh. some Blair Witch. So no if time. you want to hear us go to town on 1999, <clears throat> the only way you're going to be able to do that is to sign up for the One Fucking Hour Patreon on patreon.com slash one fucking hour. Or if you enjoy watching the show on YouTube and it's easier for it to keep all your shit in one spot, you can click underneath this video. There's the join button. You can click there and become a moment of our YouTube channel uh, where you get access to the same perks, the bonus episodes, the commentary, same price, same bullshit, same deal. Don't matter to us. We appreciate the support either way. Thanks to everybody who signed up thus far. So, all right. Well, I think it's showtime, boys. Shall we uh, start the clock and get into this shit? All right. <laughs> it up. All right. Uh, let me see. Where is that? Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Here's the clock, and boom. All right, so, you know, I think the, the the plot, you know, we normally talk about the plot descriptions and setting up what these movies are about, is sort of best described by John Cusack in the movie. Um, in the scene, of course, he is a New York City puppeteer who's also a, fly, uh, a, a filing clerk named Craig, um, and he's explaining to his office crush, Maxine, played by Catherine Keener. He basically describes that there is a tiny door in my office, Maxine. It's a portal and it takes you inside John Malkovich. You see the world through John Malkovich's eyes. And then after about 15 minutes, you're spit out into a ditch on the side of the New Jersey Turnpike. And then, of course, Maxine's response is... Sounds great. Who the fuck is John Malkovich? So that kind of... <laughs> describes the absurdity uh, of what not only the movie's about, but the idea of even fucking making this movie in the first place. A very weird, bizarre, singular idea to make this movie about being inside the mind, uh, seeing the world through John Malkovich's eyes. Right. Through an actor <laughs> yeah. who's playing himself in the film. Right. Exactly. So that's the movie. But um, we should kick this off because, Tom, you were sort of... I mean, we basically almost discussed an entire episode before we hit record tonight um but tom you had the you had the idea of doing a re-watch round table um, <laughs> which is, right. 
tonight because uh, this is a movie that all of us have not seen in a very long time. To me, it's got to be over 15 years. Uh, oh, I wow. revisit it for me. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I can't even. I couldn't even. Like a lot of it, like the tone was different than what I remembered, you know. So wow, there's a lot yeah. that just kind of was different for me. So I think this is interesting. I think it's been a long time for all of us to revisit this. So I think this is going to, the tone of this episode is one part sort of celebrating 1999 and, you know, the uniqueness of that year in cinema. But then also, you know, this is our rewatch roundtable, man. How did it hit yeah. us, you know, 15 Because it ain't 1999 anymore. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> It's 2023. Yeah, geez. Brother, far from it. Christ. So, well, <laughs> let me start with um, Tom. What was your rewatch like for this roundtable? Rewatch. Um, well, okay. It's like I haven't seen. It, let's just call it a decade, but I think it's been a little sooner than that. But sure. um, I saw it a lot back then. Like uh, my friend had a bootleg um, from like a video store rental. Whoa. Like a pre, you know. Well, like a um, screener. Like the. Yeah, Sneak exactly. preview. So we yeah, screener right. exactly. So we would watch it like constantly. It was in theaters. So anyway, um, I still love it, and that giddy feeling I got when I first saw it in 1999 mm-hmm. uh, is there. So I really have the same feeling. It's just that what's been creeping with every watch I've made since that first flush in '99 has been um, feeling a little wobbly in, in the considering it formally, like specifically the screenplay. Like, like there's there's some things that I'm uh, very forgiving of because I do enjoy it so much, and I think it does click, like in its in its own context perfectly. It's just it, by the standards mm-hmm. of like professional, good, rigorous filmmaking, right? Especially in the script, it it it, it has so many flaws to me, which is ironic because I've never really felt this way. Where it's like I feel so completely forgiving, and let God let go. But it has so many deficits that are very glaring to me. And so, anyway, the most recent watch, I'd like they're they're right there again, and I'm like, wow. And just an example, maybe we can all talk about, you know, sure. maybe something similar. But it's just like there's like no characters. Like I don't feel anything about John Cusack. I don't, there's mm. no character development. Mm. He just exists, mm. and I guess he's kind of a, a twit. And like I don't yeah. care about his motivation. I don't really even understand his motivations. He's just like wants to be a great puppeteer and he's like heavily in love. And and then everyone's kind of like heavily in love and it gets yeah. tiresome. Yeah. And then there's like <laughs> and, and, and almost they become reduced, they become less characters. Like they're like stick figures, and then they just kind of like disappear yeah. into being like, I'm in love and like I don't want to be I'm like I'm a, and like I just like uh and then it's it's just a little wobbly. Let's I'll just leave it with that. Like to okay. me the like I don't know if this film would work though, with like richly hued you know, like Maybe sculpted not. characters. I don't Maybe know if not. that would work because it is kind of a comic book kind concept. of cartoonish. World. Yeah. Yeah. It's high concept. High so maybe concept. that's wrong. Yeah. So it's okay. So anyway, yeah, so it's great again. Um, so exactly. Yeah. And that's my feeling about the film. All right. Let, let's get to Marcus. <laughs> Marcus hit us real quick and then we'll get to Joey and then we'll, we'll, we'll move on. Um, you know, it's one of those movies where like, uh, I think I was saying earlier, it's like, I, I'm not the, super proud of how much I like it, but I do like it a lot. Like I, I wouldn't that. just, I wouldn't wear a t-shirt of it. I wouldn't like, Oof. wouldn't be the first film I recommend to anybody. You know, if someone brought it up, I probably just wouldn't say anything, you know, but I do like this movie <laughs> a lot. I just think it's sort of like, uh, maybe over lauded a little bit. It's kind of like the Pixies or something where it's like, mm-hmm. everybody likes the Pixies and it's, it's a little bit like, yeah. 
just too much. Like, you know, sure they're good, but I just don't want to talk about them all the time. So I felt it's got a little bit of that for me on the rewatch. I do love it though. And it was big for me in 99. And, um, I, I didn't feel like, um, that critically like, uh, against it on this rewatch, but what I was watching for more this time, or what I saw more this time was, um, you know, I was, uh, young, I was pretty young when I saw it or I was, you know, I was in college or something. So, uh, but I didn't have the fully understanding of like the filmmaking process. So the movie to me was just like pure cinema, like watching Star Wars or something. You're not thinking about how it's made necessarily, you know, as a kid, you know. But this time I was just really focusing on like I was imagining what the shoot was like. I could see what they were doing and I could see how this film had a lot brought a lot of styles from the commercial world, the music video world that was happening in the 90s mm-hmm. and how it kind of was the messenger for bringing those styles to the early 2000s, you know, and I could just mm-hmm. see this film at the fulcrum of that change, that transition mm-hmm. from the nineties, the nineties kind of indie, like, uh, you know, clerks or slacker or something like that, you know, yeah. uh, uh, to this style, which is a little slicker, a little bit more commercial, you know, oh, um, but still <laughs> very quirky and executed pretty well. So I was just sort of thinking about the making of it and, you know, uh, yeah. this this rewatch through. So I'm kind of excited to dig into that a little yeah. bit, you know. Yeah, okay. sure. Joey, rewatch roundtable. You're up. Yeah. Also been over a decade for me. Um, my backstory with this movie and like the lore of being John Malkovich and Spike Jones and Charlie Kaufman and like such a crazy it was it hit me that like hype machine hit me at a really young age and at an age when i was like an aspiring filmmaker trying to soak up everything learn Mm. nothing Mm -hmm. perfect age like you know entering high school and stuff and so kind of defining an, an identity and like that music video box set of the director's label mm-hmm. is kind of definitive <laughs> to me of, <laughs> of that period. And it totally. was such a, everyone had it. You, everybody of a certain age had Definitely. that, that box. Can, can set. you and, be more specific? Like just yeah. maybe get into it. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it was a box set that featured the work. Actually volume number one was Spike Jones. Yep. And I believe it also had Chris Cunningham oh, and yeah. Michelle Gondry. That was yeah. the first triple yeah. trifecta. Yep. It was like those three dudes. And then it, Mike, Mark Romanek and Jonathan yep. Glazer were featured yep. later ones, oh, but it was these deep dives. It featured pristine music video, um collections and i think some commercials but it also had hours of documentary footage so it was a lesson in like how to do things like how to be creative with certain tools but yeah man you know yeah they were it was they huge. were they were so influential to aspiring filmmakers at that time it was like the skate huge. video people and that and it was like yeah. oh my such God. a time yeah. you know of like and him like, how did how did they do that white stripes video technique yeah, totally. like, yeah. yeah. and spike totally. <laughs> my brother was a skateboarder and so like we would watch all those videos and right. he had transformed that whole scene yeah and then and then went to do music videos and like and then you know so like yeah. seeing him like kind of conquer all these different places and like yeah. as you guys were talking this is sort of the pinnacle of indie and it's interesting mm-hmm. to think about it as like you know that kind of thing for film where i mean it's so like kind of pro professional you know yeah. it's mm-hmm. like it's no longer looks like your clerks it looks like a, a commercial studio film for mm-hmm. a vodka yeah. or, or, yeah. or a studio film it's like yeah. 
it's this total like yeah. thing. And so now watching it, I'll just be brief with this. I would, I, I'm, I'm kind of like, I know where Tom is coming from. I was shocked by things that I was let down by so the things I still like hold true. Like it's, you know, we could talk about all of that stuff, but <laughs> the new things that cropped up were slightly negative. And a hmm. lot of it has to do with John Cusack's performance. Ooh. It's not so much. It's not so much depth I'm looking for, but I just don't buy it. And I just found it to be like distracting. There you go. I think it's related to what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. it's related. It's slightly okay. coming at it from a different chop, but it's like maybe that's that's, that's one thing I wanted to plan. Yeah, interesting. Amongst interesting. others. Yeah. Maybe you're yeah. right. Well, yeah. I'll be brief just because, you know, we'll, we'll get past this sort of in these in intro openings here. But, you know, for me it's very similar. I was soaking up I, I don't know if I saw it in ninety nine or around two thousand, two thousand one. I was soaking up all of these movies at this time, all the things that were coming out. Um, I've mentioned it before in the show where this is the age of clever, where, you know, clever was king in <laughs> terms that. of yeah. the concepts of movies, you know, how could, sure. you know, filmmakers out clever each other, bro. You know, and right. I was into, <clears throat> you know, responding to this, responding to Fight Club, more on that later, you know, things like that, you know, in terms of these, you know, endings and twists and crazy high concepts and all that stuff. And so this movie definitely answered that for me um but i don't think i think i was still too young enough or i was too too young to appreciate uh the singular idea of this being about john malkovich you know <laughs> for me because i had no real context for john malkovich as a whatever teenager <laughs> He, you know, he was in that uh, Jewel Thief movie. Yeah. <laughs> that, that yeah I loved him in that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah exactly. But, it, but, but so that didn't have much for me, but it was just sort of the idea and the concept and how, you know, I think Charlie Kaufman does do a good job of tying themes together and sort of yeah. fi finding these, you know, uh, okay, he's a puppeteer and he's going to get inside this and that's going to work and make right, everything, right. you know, just work perfectly. Mm -hmm. So all that worked to me. On the rewatch... Uh -oh. It was, <laughs> it was kind of just like that sort of quirky, that so 1999 quirkiness that is hard. Can you that, give me an example, like, yeah. like one specific quirk? Yeah, it's 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 where it's where uh, where like Doctor Lester, you know, when you first meet Doctor Lester and he's in his okay. office, and I have no problem with the you know the seven and a half floor. I have no problem with that. Oh. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't. But it's just when he sit there and he's just like, I'm 105 years old and it's from drinking mm -hmm. carrot juice, you know, and it's like it's just like a little, you know, like, I don't know, adolescent. It's broad. It's arch. It's it's, it's big. It's big. Giving, it's yeah. constantly juggling between that weird, big floppiness. Uh, yeah. with like the coolest thing about this movie just put in for me is the naturalistic i mean it gets a lot of credit for that by yes. a lot of people i think but yeah I, you know it really it took a wild wacky idea that on the page you know yeah. could be almost anything yeah and it and it tried to, to tone it down probably too far if you ask me like in hindsight but it's trying to be it's trying to be realistic naturalistic and then so these weird lines stick out when it hits weirdly yeah. like that it, oh but yes, that's quirky but that's quirky yeah you're right that's quirky in a naturalistic setting that it doesn't need to me because when i do think mm. that it's working like when i think it's yeah. actually like i'm laughing and everything's firing on all cylinders is that amazing scene where malkovich comes out of his own portal and he lands in the Jersey Turnpike, and then he has that amazing, amazing back and forth with John Cusack, where he's oh. where where he's playing big, and he's like saying, 
that portal is mine and it must be sealed forever for the love yeah. of God, mm. you know, and it's it's the amazing. way he says it's right. my head. Yeah, it's yeah. so <laughs> weird. He holds head. Head. It's my livelihood. Do you understand? It's my head, Schwartz. It's my head. Like yeah, yeah. long. Yeah. Can, can I add? Yeah. That's a great moment in the film. My yeah. favorite I've always loved is there's another guy in the portal. Because Malkovich bum rushes, and then but so they both fall out, and and the other guy just goes like, "This time it was incredible." (laughs) (laughs) Because it's it's the thing where everybody's a Malkovich. That's funny, and I I that is legitimately fucking also you know like this time it was incredible. (laughs) Yeah, and and when of course it's probably one of my favorite. It's the big belly laugh line for me is when. You know, yeah, when he says, it's my head. And then his next response is, I will see you in court. I will see you in court. Court, yeah. And then he's like, <laughs> what makes you think I won't see what you're seeing in court? You know? Oh, uh, yeah. Touche. Uh, yeah. It works. Exactly. That Can I just real. piggyback and, and put a button on, on what Joey was saying? Yes. This is my impression. I This this is my last rewatch, and we'll move mm-hmm. on from re, the round table. Yeah. Is I, con- I, I immediately and constantly kept thinking of Terry Gilliam. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And how he there would have go. really ruined this script. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and we were because we <laughs> well we've we've dunked on him before or I have you know yeah, like oh, no but really like and it's here. just it's just what you're saying Joey where it's like like reading the script or hearing about this film like yeah. the script could be produced yeah everyone would think like oh like Brazil Terry yeah. Gilliam oh yeah. you know mm-hmm. like and Matt like paintings and like infinite like Lubitsch inspired like busy desks, frames yes yeah you know that's you almost know? being too kind I'm just talking about like busy yeah. frames yeah busy you frames. know like there's typewriters everywhere or there's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. like, like a little yeah. person yeah. there's like a little person on stilts in the hallway oh, and, you know knickknacks so, everywhere yeah yes it's busy right so the last Last thing I'll say is just it was I'm so glad you said that because that was one of the huge first impressions I got where I gave up hope of thinking of anyone being more austere yeah with a fantastical concept because yeah. Terry yeah. Gilliam really ruled the day like with the yes. fantastical in yeah. art house you know like that was the to be expected was o- overdone busy and 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 um what's the word i'm trying to think of uh like uh, really clumsy like has no grace you yeah. know what i mean but this yeah. film is all grace and i thought that was a magical combination that i wouldn't even even dream to have hoped to exist that was right. yeah. and maybe we can start dovetailing into what we were saying earlier was like sure. what what is the context this film had back then in 99 yeah and how it landed where where what was the landscape it landed in you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i mean take it away i mean you know 99 is just one of those years we've talked about it a lot shout out to our magnolia episode <laughs> where we eviscerated that fucking Tell you about the worm yeah <laughs> um, where you know we went deep into 99 this was a this was a, a very magical time for movies where it's felt like a lot of not saying they're all great or anything but it's just that there was these movies continually coming out that were you know, I mean, especially compared to today, forget about it. But fresh ideas, wild ideas. Tom, you've often said it was the it was the year South Park had a movie and Stanley Kubrick had a movie. You know, <laughs> it was it was right. a wild yeah. year, right, man. Right. You know, and yeah, so I think there you go. And I the think century was wrapping itself up and that getting too? its last yeah. last loops. Well, in, but you know? <laughs> but what one thing we were talking about before the mic 
mics were turned on yeah. is how you know Michael Stipe had a big um, hand in getting uh, Malkovich out, you know, and you know he also did uh, worked on Happiness, oh. you know, the, the Todd Solondz film a few years earlier. Um, and what I mean is like. You know, you've got indie going very, very big. You know what yes. I mean? Like Michael Stipe is a, is a kingmaker of indie culture. You know, so what I'm saying is, is like th- those people became power brokers in culture where in the 1985 or something that would be impossible to even to be a joke. Like, like no mm-hmm. way. Yeah. But now they're power brokers and they're kind of like cashing in their, their, their clout, you know, and that's why how in the second half of that decade, as indie became very, very legitimate and was selling records and everything, you know, yeah. um, it was like, well, let's, let's, there's an audience for this is what I'm trying to say. So there's right. a slight delay, right. but this is where indie culture peaked, uh, you know, um, after music peaked. Um, right. That's why they all landed so hard at the end of the, right. the decade. Right. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is a good time to say, feel free to jump in anybody, but maybe this is a good time to just bring up the idea of like, you know, Charlie Kaufman prior to this, Mm-hmm. You know, in the in the in the mid '90s, is working basically on these sitcoms, and he's in writers' rooms, and he's you know just basically trying to make ends meet, you know, as a yeah. writers' room guy. <clears throat> and um, this script, you know, wasn't necessarily it wasn't his intention to ne- to necessarily see it made. It was sort of more of an exercise. It was something to to write because it, you know. I think anybody who he pitched it to or had in any sort of, you know, meeting about it, it was like, well, there's no way this is going to get made. It's, it's an unmakeable, <laughs> right, right, almost right. kind of like a, what we would co- consider a blacklist script, this idea of like, it's so high concept. And then, of course, everybody he met with, and you could totally see this happening, all the executives being like, well, why John Malkovich? How come it's not, you know, Tom right. Cruise, you know, right. and stuff like right. that. And I do love the dedication that he did have to holding firm that it had to be Malkovich because it's it's not about the movie's not necessarily about being just in somebody else's head. It's very like specific. Being Richard Gere. Yeah, right, yep. right. That wouldn't be the same film. No, it's it's literally being John Malkovich is what makes mm-hmm. this movie. And, you know, he's also talked a lot about how it was just the phonetics of Malkovich, mm-hmm. you know? Malkovich, Malkovich. Malkovich, Malkovich, Malkovich. Malkovich, Malkovich. Like he yeah. couldn't find yeah, another last right. name yeah. that, you know, you could do Malkovich, Malkovich, Malkovich with, you know, right. it just doesn't right. work. You know, but he was sort of like a prestige actor like yeah. at the time, kind of like in the 80s more in the late, in the early 90s. He played like a, a blind person in Places in the Heart. I remember that movie when I was yep. a kid. He played like he was in my, Of Mice and Men, like which is referenced yep. in this movie. Um, right. And, yeah. you know, oh, and yes. then he was in that uh, he was like an assassin. He did like an assassin, a presidential assassin. In well, movie. Line, like, of, yeah. line of Fire. In right. Line of Fire. That's fire. what I know him. Right. Yeah. He yeah. had sort of he was on a big. He was sort of a prestige actor, so well known, and I think people knew that he was a stage guy too. You know, so mm. I think that plays against it because that's part of the audacity is that this guy who's like a serious actor is doing this yeah. kind of like silly comedy where he's the focus of it, and you're inside his head. It's so quirky. Yeah. I think that's that is a, a huge part of it too. It's just like what sort of he's the right level of like yeah. prestige just actor to make the idea even that walking. much weirder. You know, like being Christopher Walken oh. is too whacked. Oh, I don't even want to give someone that idea, but it's like way too whacked. <laughs> what you're saying is dead on. It's like almost like being Gary Sinise or something. It's like it's so. Who's referenced it, in the movie too, right? <laughs> yeah, I think. yeah. But like to me, because it's Malkovich and he's not a celebrity like Cruz, I feel like the movie ultimately 
also become stronger because it's yeah. not just about people wanting to be celebrities. Like, yeah, of course, yeah. but it's about people wanting to transcend class more so and like status, like sure. to have a little bit of respect, to yeah. have a little bit of status, to have a little extra. Yeah. Like that's what being John Malkovich is really about. It's not yeah. about being like a Hollywood movie star. Right. Because yeah. he's kind well, of Well, he's not... like a New York like you prestige know, theater. He reads the Wall Street not Journal like, and not like, Beverly Hills. Yeah. 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 It, it is that's also a really that jumped out at me on this viewing too is like what is also cool about this movie is that it's a New York movie. Yeah. It's a New York it's a New York movie. Yeah. You know, still. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. those exterior yeah. shots are awesome it's, and stuff. It's you know? it's really hard to then. it's really hard to come up with a better person for that time you know then mm -hmm. and, and as specific as john malkovich mm -hmm. is i guess um, they did they tried right they the studio was asking them to come up yes. with other people and this yeah. was in sitting in development for like years and they <laughs> they said no for years it's yeah. pretty amazing and it's fucking it's crazy that obviously you know like I think even off. malkovich said no it's well, he uh, did. in the yeah. early in the early days right that's what i was they gonna say direct it well yeah that's what i was gonna <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> say is is that you know hats off to malkovich too for eventually signing on to this i guess the origin is that he was sent the script you know in it's somewhere in the mid 90s years and years before it was made and um he just he 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 saw it as something that was going to be there was there was no upside for him to be in it you know because if it was a flop he would be branded as a flop. If right. it was really successful, then it would be like a vanity thing, you know. Yeah. And he was so he was lucky because it kind of landed in the middle, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. perfectly mm -hmm. uh, for him. And so I think that's I think that's what where where it came in. And then of course, you know, Spike Jones gets into the mix. He gets mm -hmm. the script from Francis, you know, mm -hmm. Coppola, and yeah, totally. uh, sees a path forward. Who's a for huge this thing. player in this? I feel like like is like totally without like if there is a like. If that didn't happen, moment it is that moment where he makes that phone call mm -hmm. to Malkovich or it, to Spike, where Francis makes that call to Malkovich, I believe. Right. Yes. Like, hey, oh, you should check yeah. out this kid's script. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Yeah. Was it you know? Spike and Sophia were married at the time, or dating yeah. or something? Right. Yeah. 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 yeah they were yeah. together, and yeah. then you know, yeah. But let's talk about like 1999 again. Like, you sure. know. Um, like why? See, I think maybe part of our thesis here and the whole the the, the rewind or the rewatch yeah. was um, rewind. like again, it's not 1999 anymore. So um, you know, it, it's just I'll speak for myself. Maybe just tee this up is just I again, as I said, I didn't, I wasn't thinking this was possible to even expect this, mm -hmm. and I got literally giddy when I'm watching a major motion picture and it is a small film, but it did look like Hollywood, you know, mm -hmm. like we were saying before, um, when the seventh and a half floor, uh, yeah. happens. Oh God. Um, yeah. and, and specifically, this is the moment when I got giddy and I thought like, I didn't even know I could dream this was possible. <laughs> I didn't even know this was the thing I could mm -hmm. imagine even happening. And so, mm -hmm. so I, so that has always tainted or, or clouded my judgment about this mm -hmm. film well, and put me in a narcolepsy. No, so just the specific moment is, it's they're watching the um the uh the vhs tape that you have to watch as an employee yeah and there's the little person and there's all terrible acting and it starts looking like dan Klaus eight ball yeah a little bit <laughs> the yeah. it really is like the early yeah. eight, uh, eight ball comics uh velvet uh, glove cast and iron and it's like um because because um sorry uh cusack looks around like is this is everyone seeing this and realizing how insane <laughs> this is and that seriously 
it, it, like I didn't think that would maybe ever happen. It would be like, you want to go to Pluto? Sure. It's like, do you want to see a Hollywood film where the, where the sensibility yeah. that I was steeped in and yes. all these other asshole Gen X people that I knew right. like, like <laughs> was going big. And that was, so that is always skewed my, I could never be objective about this film. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 I think also, or what's up? I was just going to uh, say that, that video, you know, with the aesthetic choices that it yeah. makes. Yeah. They nail so, those videos. Are, are, right? Yeah. All it, the supplemental yeah. videos it's so, are like some of the funniest yeah, parts. It's so authentic. Like the idea of those sort of period piece history channel the explanation of how it's built and like yeah, the dialogue is, is so spot on. And so, and of right. course, that's just refreshing to see in, in, a, in a movie you know that kind of well, unprecedented i'll just i'll just i'll shut up but it's just like yeah right that did not yeah. exist right well also right. like i feel like that there's two there's two 99 aspects that i think are kind of coming to light for me one is like the the intersection this movie and has with like indie stand-up and indie television like mr yes. show and like yes. all this yeah. emerging new yeah. fringe totally. comedy yeah. and the, mm -hmm. and like mm -hmm. all of that's coming together the music the stand-up yep. the tv 100 mm -hmm. you know and totally. like this is a probably like, like a, a zach great, galifianakis you know yeah and they would be in these movies like david cross is featured in eternal sunshine and totally. janine garofalo mm -hmm. kind of got there earlier but you know all these yep. people have these weird connections there. Totally. right on yeah, yeah. marcus were you gonna say something Oh, there's so much to say. I, I think that, you know, the, the seventh and a half floor, you know, to me is emblematic of, I, it was also a point that took it to another level for me because I was realizing, wow, this movie's going to have a lot of creative, quirky ideas in it. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the depth to me. It's, it's not just one stupid idea that you're mm -hmm. going to go into Malkovich's head. Yes. It delivers a bunch of strange ideas. The idea that he's a, a puppeteer is kind of a weird world to go Definitely. into. You know? There's a lot of layers of weird and I think it's executed well. For me, this movie is like a team effort. I, you know, I think that uh, Coffin gets all this credit, for, you know, for his films. But I think that he's really best when he's paired up with Spike. I, I think I said the same thing on adaptation. Like we did. I yeah, like them as a team together. Yeah. And I think that this movie, um, it's like Spike's whole team executed well. I think the cinematography feels oh. very fresh and new. I, you know, Lance Accord, great, who's like a huge commercial and music video director, you know, or yeah. uh, sorry, cinematographer. Yeah, right. and uh, the the uh, the production design is a uh, KK Barrett, you know, yeah. uh, who was in the Screamers, that punk band, the drummer for the Screamers. Yeah, yeah he was right. the drummer for the Screamers, and then he's this kind of like well known production designer around you know la that's killer and uh you know so i think and they all work together doing those videos you know like sabotage yeah. whatever uh yeah. thomas what's uh uh what's the some funk soul brother that video oh, yeah. you know, oh. uh anyway boy slim that boy slim, um, fat boy that slim you know that kind of stuff um, <laughs> fat boy slim sorry i don't have that please in my come mind. on uh, fat boy ah. slim whatever so they did all those videos together and so he just kind of brought that team in yeah and that's i think you know they, they work so well together it's got that kind of fresh sort of music video aesthetic like maybe it was it was fresh for cinema you know yeah. the way it's i feel exactly. like the cinematography is really good in this movie very. it felt i feel like it did feel very fresh i didn't expect it to look like that yeah and i know they got a lot of pushback at the time from the studio yes they're like this doesn't look like a comedy which yes. is just like you know something uh, about mary 
is the same year, right? Or the year before. It's the year before. And yeah. it's a yeah, monster. Which yeah. is just like well-lit, flat. There's, you know, there's no shadow at all. Almost like television. Yeah. 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 And it's, I think that's a good reminder of just like what comedies looked like back yes. then. How com- the tone of what a comedy or is. Or like yes. liar, that, liar. Oh. Right. And like, uh, you know, the, the tone of this movie, it's a sad, <laughs> it's a sad movie, you know, but it's yeah, hilarious yeah. and it's creative. So I, I think that just the, the execution of it all mixed together, I think all those people are working and firing on all cylinders to help deliver something that felt very fresh. I'm just going to say time. real quick, liar, liar, coming to a one fucking hour near you very soon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I regret saying that. Jim Carrey month. Jim Carrey month. It is the cannibal corpse of uh, 90s yeah. comedy. All right. Um, I, I really regret saying okay. that. But, right. but that. But that's the thing. It's yeah. like, like that is the and i'm so glad you said something about mary which i like i love that movie sure, but yeah. it's it's it 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 doesn't look artful <laughs> the way this film does right and it doesn't have all these different tones because this film is funny i'd like to give a shout out to how this film is funny like um like like there's a classic joke that happens early on where he's the puppet on the street Oh. And the father and the daughter are watching. Mm-hmm. Love it. And the father looks away, and the daughter's looking, and it starts becoming like a humpy, kind of like yeah. mischievous, kind <laughs> of sexual it's like a thing priest. between the two puppets. It's like a priest. And, and then the dad fantasy. goes, "What the fuck?" And he just clocks him. That's like straight up classic. That could have yeah. been mm-hmm. in something about Mary. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah. My favorite. It could also be a commercial, is- you know, like a, a car insurance commercial or something. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit. You know, yeah. My yeah. favorite early bit is like him watching TV and he sees like the the like famous puppeteer oh, with the Emily Dickinson yeah. fucking like, giant yeah. puppet. Like, what a, like, Derek Mantini, what a right? Mantini. He's like, what a hack, dude. God. No, I love it. Like, world like, of this, that. like this bizarre world where like like yeah. uh, like tonight in the news, a puppeteer again has yeah, everybody done knows. the impossible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Taste. Right. He's but tasteless. Can I say, this guy's a man of the streets. He's doing street yeah, yeah. level puppeteering. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. why I don't think it's it's not going for realism, I don't think, you know, by any stretch. It's just it's an all it's like a hyper real world. Natural. And then yeah. there's something yeah, extra that, weird in it. You no, know, and, yeah, and, and that's that's where the movie hits for me really well. Let me just let me just nail this mm-hmm, point here. Mm-hmm. Is that little Mantini moment when they're watching the du- giant <laughs> building-sized puppets that he's... Well, that's the guy's name. Mantini. The, yeah. Mantini. Derek Mantini. Derek Mantini. <laughs> when they're showing Thanks the Mantini thing on the TV, it's, yeah. it's, it's played so straight. You know, it's not extra goofy. There's not a joke mm-hmm. added into it. It's not like a Tim and Eric, you know, sort of mm-hmm. thing. It's played yeah. like, like mm-hmm. you are watching channel surfing and, and finding something crazy. And I do appreciate yeah. that, but I also appreciate the way, and I think this is a Spike thing more than a, a, a Kaufman thing, is when um, <laughs> when uh, uh, Cusack is you know firmly controlling Malkovich, and he obviously becomes this world-renowned puppeteer, and how yeah. straight, I love that development. Me too. <laughs> it's incredible. But how that, just going along with that ride of when he's telling his agent the scene when he's telling his agent that he's going to yeah. be a puppeteer. He's like, sure, whatever, man. Whatever Let's do you it. Want. Boom. You're a puppeteer. Yeah, boom. That's <laughs> Done. Boom. That's boom. From now on, I'm no longer an actor. I'm a puppeteer. Okay. Great. That's, I love that scene. That act is so agent, great. Man, yeah. Carly Kaufman, just to flag, because we did the adaptation, two yeah. uh-huh. killer agent scenes. Right? Yes. Yeah, I know. Like, totally. <laughs> totally. Uh, one of them is uh, uh, Sex Ron and the Livingston? City guy. 
Ron Livingston. Uh, Ron Livingston. Yeah, yeah. And that, that agent is in one of my guilty pleasures, uh, kicking and screaming. Oh, too, there the you go. Agent yeah, no, he's that's he's right. Good. Yeah, that, that uh, actor, that's another yeah. '90s tall. God, yeah, totally, uh, totally. <laughs> but New York, just urban. To, just to mm-hmm. finish it, and I'll shut up. Is just mm-hmm. that that no, yeah. whole montage, the rise of the puppeteer <laughs> version of uh, Malkovich, played straight, uh, but is so mm-hmm. funny, and uh, and obviously nailing all of the. You know, standard def news magazine packaging. You know, mm-hmm. they're just yes, getting all that aesthetic it. so fucking right, and the I love PBS it. PBS kind of right. Yes. Yeah. And I the add- way a filmmaker wouldn't like that comes from a artist mind, brain. You know, like Agreed. a music video, like that yeah. level of texture. Yeah. No, like you said, and comedy because yeah. comedy, yeah. especially then, was getting so much into pastiche. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Mr. Show is is such a great uh, reference. I, I, I really is. appreciate that Me because too. they were all about getting pastiche decently executed. Yeah. to have like a, a spoof on the Beatles or something like that. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they had like Airzats music that's sort of like Hard Day's Night. You know, mm-hmm. and like that that's definitely not a mainstream Hollywood. Uh, right interest whatsoever it's all done so tastefully too like i think that like the club cameron diaz she's got my all-time favorite wig in any movie i think in this movie i just love that frizzy wig and i love that she's playing against type by the way she's not she's not the sultry i think she's great in it too me too i I think i feel like people think that she's like miscast or, or like she'll sometimes get a little bit but given the nature of the psychosexual relationship amongst all of them which is also fantastic by the way i have to say like the fact that there's being john malkovich and like the majority of the movie is concerned with stuff outside of his head and it's like kind of more to do with like the sexual dynamic Mm -hmm. this affair (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. yeah is kind of amazing yeah (laughs) well they're kind of playing against type they're both kind of against type right like Catherine keener should be the more nerdy one or whatever but she's playing the sultry one and cameron diaz was in that's what she was with the sexy sultry actress of that era she's probably the biggest actress of that era yeah she was huge then, right? She was like probably yeah. one of the biggest stars in the yeah. movie at that time. You yeah. Know? Oh, the biggest. Uh, but the fact that she's playing this kind of nerd character is pretty genius, you know. Yeah. I think. And, um, yeah, I, I think you. just real quick, just like the way she's dressed is bad, but it's not hitting you over the head like no. Yeah. Like my whipping boy, Napoleon Dynamite, is just like so goofy. You know, this yeah. movie yeah. I think is like yeah. every time they're doing something sort of like or Tim and Eric was just over the top. You know, right. I think that this does. Yeah bad aesthetics but like yeah, in a tasteful like, believable way and it's not it's not hitting you over the head with it like making a huge joke out of well, how they look or just, how they dress or whatever just kind of it's, just it's on that just well. a little a little background on that <clears throat> that i think is interesting is that it was katherine keener who was pushing for uh for for cameron to get cast as lottie and i think it's interesting because mm. spike didn't see it at all you know he oh. he met her mm. had lunch with her didn't see it he knew from what he knew of her work didn't see it, you know. Yeah, of course, like the mask, you know, and shit. Like <laughs> something about Mary, <laughs> something about Mary, right? Right. Of course, you know, not seeing it, and then it, it really wasn't until he started uh, rehearsing with her, and and she was reading for and like auditioning for this role, even though she's a big star, that he yeah. started to strip away kind of all of you know the things that she's more known for, like kind of you know just she stripped away almost the sexuality and everything you know, from her performance and got to see somebody very sincere and sort of tender inside. And then he knew he had something to work with. And it was cool just to know that like Cameron Diaz was like spending time, like taking the wig out into the real world Mm -hmm. and spending time with chimps and other animal lovers and 
<clears throat> you know, and kind of, you know, I know acting is obviously inhabiting other people, but it is kind of like she's like Malkoviching, you know, out of her own body in a lot of oh, ways. Yeah. To, yeah. you know, the prep work they did, I think, is pretty impressive. Like, and that's yeah. part of why it's done. So, like, uh, you know, they did those great rehearsals, like you said, you know, they, they spent time with rehearsal getting the characters. Yeah. They blocked out the whole movie with stills. You know, I think they took the time to try to, like, yeah. get it dialed in. And, totally. Um, I just but feel that's like also, that's missing. I feel like rehearsal time it oh, gets yeah. kind of left behind these days. You know, there's Never just, the budgets can't take it. You know, this no. they even edited this movie for like nine months. I think that like an indie movie these days doesn't have no. that flexibility to Never. do rehearsals or spend forever in the editing. You room, get an you know? actor, you get an actor for three weeks, and you get and you cast him liter- or, or her. You cast that person literally uh, probably a week to two weeks before you start shooting. Sometimes how it works in that sort of, you know, in that budget range of a movie like this, which was what, five, five to 10 million, 10 million. Like, you know, that would probably be that situation, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, real quick, just because there was something you said, Marcus, I wanted to respond to, which was about how it, it, it it's not like this movie is just one gimmick. You know, it's not just one quirky idea that we're given, you know, in this Mm -hmm. that like it does explore a mythology or m- many different mythologies, which I do appreciate that, <clears throat> you know, he like Kaufman spent time trying to build out the world. So we were talking about the seventh and a half floor and we were talking about the mythology behind that and how, mm-hmm. how, how that works. Another thing that I appreciated a lot more on this rewatch in terms of the mythology was uh, the scene when, um, okay, so we've been in John Malkovich's head. Now Cameron Diaz has been in John Malkovich's head. And then... We're get, we get invited to dinner at Dr. Lester's house and then Cameron Diaz excuses herself to go to the bathroom and then opens a door and then yeah. there is a, ru- a shrine uh, to Malkovich. It, with to her- who? <laughs> it just yeah. so happens to be. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. like his whole timeline is, is yeah. on the wall. And that mm. how I, I love how that doesn't get answered, obviously, until way later. And for it's her kind, or us. Yeah, for, yeah exactly. And yeah. so it's kind of this mystery thing. And so I appreciate that he injected that into it rather than it just being random. I appreciate that. And I yeah. do appreciate like that's a good way of explaining it, I think. And then also the payoff that it is some sort of almost like a heaven's gate type. of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, catching the comet. Yeah, right. yeah. They mythology. have the window. The hail yeah, bop is coming before midnight. Yes, I, I do. <laughs> no, I you're think so right. Whoa, think, and it feels yeah. cultish. I flagged like old people together feels like a cult. Like it I is. wrote that down. Like when you show a, a group. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. It's like just if for film's sake. It's like yeah, it has this. Yeah, it has that level. It has that. Um, I don't know. Feel. It's kind of Twilight Zone too. I feel like there is a Twilight <laughs> yes. Zone about old people yeah. in a vessel. A cocoon that, is what cocoon. makes it. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like a Ray Bradbury short story. Yes, but you sure. know, it, sure. I I remember also like the difference between rewatching this and back in the day. Back in the day, every, I remember, and maybe I was just young, but this was like an impossible movie to crack, or it's like so open ended that it's like oh, people right. would write diatribes, and then I watched it, I'm like. I get it. <laughs> like yeah. he's in that little girl's head. Like he found right. the portal. He's in there and he's desperate. He's pathetic. Sad. I get yeah. it. You know, he's, like it's like, not too complicated. It's pretty stitched up. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty stitched up. Yeah, like, it is. What, I do like the ending. I mean, I'm jumping to the end. I love sorry. the ending. Yeah. The ending Can I just add one little thing about um, how this film is, um, 
you know, uh, it, it has more surprises than just like, oh, it's a big chunky premise and it plays through. For me, I got my second big giddy moment when I first saw it in 1999 was, uh, <laughs> oh, now the chimp is having a flashback. Yeah. Oh, that's the best. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Chimp Dude. flashback? Yeah. Incredible. And that, he, that and made he me... did have child trauma. <laughs> he did. Remember, like, Don, Don said that he had child trauma and then you see I know. Chimp, and then it's subtitled. Right. Subtitled chimp. No, but 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 the thing and he, just, and he serves a, he serves a purpose in the plot too. He's not just window dressing. No, like no, he, of course, he comes yeah. to rescue, he, you know? he he lets her out. Yeah. No, but what I'm saying <laughs> is, just going back to uh, w- the week before, uh, you know, with election, and how I was really lamenting that like uh, we've lost that thing where if these films can be such a roller coaster ride and so surprising. Yeah. And have like things that just pop up and and it was becoming um, expected. That's what I was saying before about yeah. election and yeah. how suddenly there'd be like a, a fantasy sequence where he's an Italian guy in an Italian movie, you know, and like that just stopped happening. And it's yes. the little Miss Sunshine kind of problem. Yeah. And it's this like like really flat, uh, lazy naturalism that just dominates mm. like all independent cinema now. Yeah. And like um, that kind of scene. And not even just the all the big Malkovich construction of the plot, but just like like of course this movie has a monkey flashback. And yeah. that's what that's <laughs> what you could depend on yeah. for a few yeah. years. It's great. It's mm-hmm. great. And then uh sure. yeah, it, it it does inject other moments, you know, you know, other laughs. Like I do like the idea, uh I think it's a smart choice of how we're introduced to who John Malkovich is. It's sort of a, a joke onto itself. We mentioned it earlier, but you know, when we first get into his head, you know, we're just seeing him do these very banal, just routine things and brushing his teeth yeah. or whatever. Then we see right. him in the limousine and it's just kind of like the limo driver being like, oh, yeah, you're an actor, right? And one for you played a jewel thief. I never played a jewel thief. You know, <laughs> you were in that jewel thief movie, you know. And <laughs> no, you, that, no, no, you are that guy. Yeah, you like, are like, that you guy. <laughs> and this, that's. And, that's it, you know. That's a great. Well, that's way to great. It. No, but just the other little thing is just um, how it's it's humorous too that uh, everyone's going in and having this remarkable experience, but what they really are experiencing by being another person, a famous actor, yeah. is ordering like the periwinkle bath mat. Yeah, you know, and it's like blowing their mind yes. that they're yeah. someone yeah. else buying a periwinkle uh, bath mat. Right. Yeah. Eating well, toast in the morning. Yeah. And really. I mean, like, since we're covering the '99 aspect of this, I feel like. Like, you know, this might be a little uh, on the nose as far as an interpretation, but like, I do think that the basic, like, as Evan, you're bringing up, like, how we're introduced to, to Malkovich, and you know, a- as we progress through the movie, there are moments where the flashes into Malkovich are more important, more dire, yeah, uh, you know, more sensual. But at the end of the day, there's these flashes of of disassociation from the self, and like. The internet age, it seems to be foreground. It seems to be forecasting. Yeah. I know. Second life. <laughs> you know, like portals and then drop 15 minutes. Dude. And yeah, we are watching that stuff on social media. So I had to get that out because I'm Dude. sure we were all no, like, you're, no, it's big, great. You know, avatars. Like, but Dude. it's so, but it holds up in that way because it doesn't yeah. hit it on the head and it's speaking in, in, in kind of, in open ways that in, are in, invite those kinds of ideas. Dude, yeah. You know what? So was they don't look me like out? they're, uh, you know, like uh, kind of like a dated, 
You right. know, where's like concerns. Mate, yeah. Well, yeah, wait, exactly. don't say it because I was just about to yeah. say it. that it's Hit fucking it. crazy that this and the Matrix are the same year. Exactly, and there you right. go. And, and thinking Puppet, that right, right, thinking that this yep. really is the the counterpart, indie the matrix. antithesis. It's the indie Matrix. It really is. Totally. In a lot of <laughs> yeah. Ways. Well, it's yeah. it's four years into the World Wide Web, and know? it's a sad ending. Like Matrix is like Jesus flying off to save everyone, like <laughs> Neo Jesus. But this is like I'm a yeah. sad guy underwater. Yeah. It's like never Boom. mind. Ooh. You were talking about never mind. It's that same kind of alienated. Oh yeah, that's like, true. Floating yeah. in the water, the little, the little girl, girl the swimming water. in the pool. Yeah, oh it looks yeah. the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. That's cool. Okay. Um, <laughs> real quick. Oh, Marcus, go ahead. Well, I got to talk about something. I, one person I really love love Catherine Keener's performance in this. I think she's oh, so yeah. funny she's and great. like. Yeah, um, she's great. One of my favorite scenes I have to talk about was when, uh, I, you know, there's a lot of people kind of, or people are saying they don't like the love stuff. It goes or gets grating as it goes on in the movie. I like in the beginning when he's kind of pursuing her, though, and how clumsy it is and delivers some really good laughs. There's a moment where um, he's doing the sort of puppet show uh, version of them meeting. And I got to say, the way the puppets are shot in the whole film is yeah. brilliant and yeah. great. So well executed. Agreed. I was trying to think about just a little aside, like, Thinking about how long it took them to get that that shot of the glass smashing into the mirror, yeah. When the puppet, the puppeteer yeah. in the beginning, you know, there's yeah. a lot of great. The puppet photography in this is top notch. Yeah, uh, I hear you. He's it he's is. doing yeah. like a little stage performance of the pup of him and Maxine together, and yeah. he's like giving delivering these lines to Maxine, like, you know, she's like, "What do you like about being a puppeteer?" And he's like, "Well, perhaps it's the idea of becoming someone else for a little while, being inside another skin." I think it's the idea of being in another person's skin, you know, yeah. and then uh, it's this profound romantic moment, the music, which is so good in this movie. I think that the, the yes. theme is kind of swelling the there score. and you feel that emotion there. You feel the kind of romantic vibe and the sad, sweet romantic vibe in that scene. And then it cut to the next morning. He's in the office walking down the hallway with her, trying to recreate that moment. Like as they're wa- as they're like busily walking right. to their office. Reality. And he's like, well, I guess the thing I like about being a puppeteer, Maxine, is you, it's the idea of being in another person's skin. And she's like, right. yikes. And, and seeing what they see and feeling what they feel. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it. She's great with like one word uh, responses. Actually, yeah. I thought you were going to mention something else. This is, I like this that we're getting into like um, the, some funny bits that we're always responding to. This is one of mine. Him guessing her name is very. I remember oh, yeah, I was. What I the was, fuck? I was stoked when I first saw this, and it was so deep. That was another. It was just saturating my stupid essence. I love that. Uh-huh. That actually like, confused like, me. like barbs (laughs) well he's given like i'll get three chances to guess your name so he's like extending and and modifying (laughs) which syllable he's depending on her reaction right he's kind of reading her it's kind of a jim carrey (laughs) it's a jim carrey gag Can I I, uh, uh, just real quick, I I just, you know, looking at the clock and everything, and I I know we want to talk about these two scenes and they're both very funny, um, is two two great cameos in this film. Uh, Let's start with number one, which is very an unexpected surprise at the hour mark. And I totally fucking forgot about this. Talk about rewatch (laughs) roundtable. Uh, was Charlie Sheen's cameo 
in this movie yeah, as his friend. Surprise. First off, it's a it's a joke in and of itself that that would be John Malkovich's friend is a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, right. <laughs> yes. And that's clever. That's de- very clever. But you got to love how he's essentially playing himself, you know, and that, as you guys were saying before we recorded, that that be- would become much more evident as he gets into Tiger Blood, Charlie. <laughs> You know, I, that know. he really is just playing himself. Um, but how amazing is it, too, that whoever's idea it was, or if it was in the script, that as he's listening to Malkovich explain <laughs> that, you know, maybe it's like a witch, you know, or like there's right, something right. going on. Oh, it's totally hot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's That's like, even yeah, better. Yeah, he's yeah. like, yeah. let me know. Witch. He's oh like, let God. me know when you're done with her, man, <laughs> as he's playing with a Rubik's cube. I don't know if you noticed that, but just kind oh, of a cool... He's chicken too, right? No, he's 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 eating. literally oh. trying to solve a Rubik's cube during the... Oh, during that's I thought he was eating a bagel or something. No, it's a Rubik's cube, brah. Look look back right. at it. Yeah, Rubik's and it's cube. amazing. He's yeah. like, were you stoned? Come on, you were stoned, you know? And it's right. just amazing. It seemed like yeah. he was playing a caricature of... At the time, it, it read like he was playing a caricature of right. a Hollywood actor. But that really is... But then is turns out it was did. him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know. Because it gets so much deeper with the whole... Yeah, like Tiger Blood. Right, right. and I think it That does... must have come from the Sophia connection. Winning. Just, you know, they, she grew up with the you know Sheen being in Apocalypse right. Now. And Nepo of the Baby stuff. Thing. Yeah. yeah, and it's, it's funny right. that too, that when they pitched that idea to, to Malcolm that it was going to be uh, Charlie Sheen, he, he immediately got it. He's like, yeah, that's it. That works, <laughs> you know? And it's amazing. Yeah. And I do think it works, too, that Sheen is there because it kind of hints at why being Charlie Sheen would not work, you know? Um, it's just kind of... Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's it's a nice to, to... I don't know. That's kind of something I was thinking of. Like, yeah, to compare it. Like, he's he another uh, famous person playing himself right uh, in right. the film you know. right. it would feel um, a little naked like if there was bold. only one celebrity in it it would feel a little yeah. Yeah. naked I think right. Right. it is kind of like an indie choice uh, kind of like the best kind of indie <laughs> choice yeah. to, to feature Charlie because as we were talking about earlier I think Marcus brought up it's not realistic like as we're saying Charlie Sheen's not realistic but it's 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 like it's pointing something meta out kind of in a way that's yes. like fun for the audience that gets it and is in on the joke yeah you know and yeah. it's like it's engaging oh man that way. is a secret spot that is hard to nail is the idea of creating there. something like a world like this where the audience is giving them that that joy of being in it's on the dangerous joke. Yeah, yeah it's dangerous because if you if you poke if you know you're a you could ruin the illusion you know yes like yeah yeah it's a delicate balance um tom your favorite cameo in the film has to be uh sex in the city sanford uh stanford stanford yeah stanford yes uh (laughs) it's the it's the little scene uh well you can you watch the film but um yes uh, the late great actor whoever the hell played stanford yeah you're really uh great in that movie you play that retard oh thank you very much in Sex and the City pops in, and this yep. was I, actually Sex and the City was happening, and oh, it was yeah. very Stanford, very Stanford centric, actually. Right, there. it is. So there you go. Totally. Yeah. I but actually, no. I thought you were going to say yeah. there's there's a little okay. tiny thing I wanted to mention, just circling back to what you were talking about earlier, which was that sort of PBS package on on um, you know uh, Mal- <laughs> modified Malkovich was the something. Cameo, yeah. Yeah, it really cracked me up because the way they utilized Sean Penn. Doing oh. that kind of like, uh, oh, yeah. like, like bandwagon, bandwagon esque yeah. moment where he's like, um, yeah. oh, I, I don't want to, I didn't want to start too soon and look like I was kind of jumping on the pan- puppet thing. <laughs> I, I have been interested in puppetry for quite yeah. some time, actually. And that is so 
a thing. Yes. Like things that and, get trendy and in vogue, you know, like, you know, like with, with, with that I stuff, with that. the cameos and yeah. everything we're kind of talking about, the movie is sort of the epitome of the music video director without feeling stylistically cheap the way it would if you were to do that in a yeah. kind of full hundred mm-hmm. percent without the natural, without the kind of naturalistic classy touches that we're describing without like the intellectual meta nodges, like it, like music videos feature celebrities in that way. Music videos are mm-hmm. kind of cut. Like he's using all the tools, you know, that mm-hmm. we've seen in other ways, but rendering yeah. them in a way that's just like very authored. Well, know? can I get the, back the, to just his- again with comedy though? Just the last thing to say, Again, you brought up comedy. Mr. Show would have a fame, it would have Ben Stiller pop mm-hmm. up in a bit. Sure. You know, so yeah, it's exactly. Just like what you're saying. Yeah. Right. No, no. You, you made me think of that Christopher Walken video where he's dancing. It's the music exactly. video where he's yeah, dancing. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, yeah. Um, it is. It does work because they're not in the Hollywood context, I guess. This film doesn't feel Hollywood, even if it is. Um, but what I was going to say, I thought you were going to talk about a different cameo, very apropos of 99, oh. in that same package. Is David Fincher is in that? Oh, uh, in, is in yeah. that PBS? Oh, yeah, package. yeah, yeah. I love that. <laughs> I forgot about and Andy Dick by the Played way, Andy Dick. like reacting at the AMAs or something. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, so <laughs> like, good, so good. You Those also, are, that is the most ninety nine thing you could do. <laughs> totally, is have yeah. Andy Dick's pop up. Mike <laughs> Jones plus Andy Dick plus right, um, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. no, but Fincher, uh, nice one. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. You I'm know what's another? I, 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 uh, I tried to watch. I tried to listen to the commentary track on the Criterion DVD. Did anyone check? Ooh, never have. Nope. It's, nope. N- I didn't either, but it's only like 50 yeah. minutes and it's all Michelle Gondry. And then halfway through it, Wait, I what? highly recommend checking it out. It's only like 50 minutes. Wait, for, for, for this film? For this film. Gondry. And then Michelle Gondry calls Char- uh, um, calls uh, Spike Jones, and you hear him over the phone. And uh, if it's a bit, it's one of the best bits i've ever heard in my life but it's you could see how much competition there is and how unsettled beef there still is (laughs) and like how much like they're really digging at each other that whole time i highly recommend it but one thing i did want to bring up is that chase scene that Catherine keener goes on like the plunge Mm. into malkovich's subconscious great scene yeah yeah, all with the yeah child trauma and stuff yeah. i guess like <laughs> michelle gondry brings up just like that you ripped off my commercial like i did that and then spike jones is like yeah i know i told you i give you credit he's like yeah but the public don't know and everyone thinks you're smarter than oh, me shit. Oh, you oh, know so it's what? like it, but that, no that happens in in, in eternal, eternal sunshine sunshine yeah yeah he exactly. has a, a memory that comes two years later oh, so spike jones God. gets these guys are nuts this so then it's a weird it's a weird trip into that kind of gossip land. If yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Very niche <laughs> gossip. Can I just say, I remember that when the DVD did come out, it was very fun, and it yeah. went on and on and on with all the bonus stuff. And I remember there's this one great, and this is very much the indie sensibility, for lack of a better term. There's a brief interview with one of the women or the people who have to drive in a circle at the New Jersey Turnpike. Do you guys even know what I'm saying? Wow. There, there's, there's a bonus wow. where you t- like talk to this woman for like eight minutes. It's like, <laughs> yeah, we just circle this you know traffic so that there's always traffic in the background wow. with the actors when they drop in the turnpike. And and like it's just it's a whole like released it's like John Wilson or something. Supplement yeah. bonus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that is so alien to again yeah. the sensibilities that, of that is very spiked to want to do something creative with that, even that little bonus. Yeah. Right, 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 exactly. 
Totally. Can I can I mention one person I think is a great grandfather in an abstract spiritualist sense? And I thought I just remember this back then. Uh, I thought of Robert Downey Sr., actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a little bit of a stretch, but all I mean is like that style of comedy that is like coming at you from such a fucked up angle. And uh, it's so high concept that I really feel yeah. like he's this, the the not specific touchstone necessarily for any of these guys, but mm-hmm. he's the spiritual. You know who like, I was uh, thinking of, yeah. actually? This. I, I was thinking of Albert Brooks actually yeah oh sure yeah you know just in real life of particularly well just in terms of yeah like you know the like nailing you know like the parody super well of all the videos and video packages but then also just kind of the tone you know where it's dark pathetic but funny you know at the same time yeah you know and then the kind of conceptual yeah defending your life it gets a very high concept as we're as we're coming to the end i I did also wanted to bring up as a kind of like thing that i kind of am only aware of in hindsight now is like this movie is sort of a weird divide for the older indie generation too because now it sets a standard that's like really pro for indie filmmaking that like even like uh lance accord's previous companion vincent gallo is like the episode of like getting right up to the edge of that pro but not transcending it and like hating those that did like he would speak mm. out against Spike Jones and so he hates really? everybody though. He hates yeah. everybody. But it's like everybody before him, it's like there's a roughness to Indy that is somewhat like kind of like I it's don't like know, the, undervalued the, or like the children oh. of Cassavetes, and that's part yeah. of part of the whole purpose here is to have exactly. kind of a, like, it looks like it was like forged under the direct. budget right. is no longer talked about or it's like yeah. excused One in a way thing, that's happening in 99 well that yeah. happens with, that's the same thing with music videos too you yep. know it's like they yep. used to be give a have a huge budgets for music videos and then if you're a music video director today trying to compare yourself to that world you're just going to feel really bad about yourself you know yeah. unless you're one of the big boys you know right True. Um, I, I yeah. think that is true that like the, whatever happens after this, the history of me, this movie is, is wrapped up with it. And I think it might be something that we react negatively against sometimes too, because it became a move to be like, what's my quirky Malkovich kind of idea, you know? Yeah, and sucks. the thing, you know, the ones that jump out at me are those, uh, the Daniels, uh, movie Ooh. where they're like, oh. what if the, the Swiss army man or whatever, I'm that's leaving. a total, like <laughs> wanting leaving. to be Malkovich type movie. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I just I just know that's what they're Swiss going Army, for, right? Man. It's very or like, cool. I was thinking of everything. Think. I was thinking of Evan's favorite movie, watching this, everything everywhere all at once, oh, <laughs> because that's another one where they're they're I'm trying leaving. to go for the same thing, even doing like the Gosh. office, the office kind of routine, <laughs> well, you know, and like they're yeah. trying to do this, but yeah, there's no, something about it You're that's so not right. Yeah, the Daniels yeah. Crossing took that the mantle and they got it all wrong. Well, they oh. wanted to be good Gondry too. I think well, they got you know, so like... Terry. Actually, they're very Terry Gilliamish with yeah. everything. Well, they're everywhere. very, they're it's very busy. They're, no, they're 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 very commodified Urban Outfitters version of uh, you know Spike right. and all, Gondry. No and all soul, that. no no brain. I think it's they had this. They had those <laughs> DVDs, <laughs> Joey. When they, you know, and they studied oh, them very time. well. Right. Well, they yeah. made, they were music video guys. <laughs> they were DVD guys. Oh yeah. yeah, of course. They're and they've got some good videos shows. too. Uh, I will admit yeah. they got some good wow. videos. But I think maybe there's I think adaptation in this like it's it could be showing some signs of some better less on the less like wacky inspo but like uh, Chris Borgley's new movie Dream Scenario seems somewhat more interested in like the more which you know we don't need to talk about necessarily but like uh it, it's definitely inspired by more of the subtleties 
that are on mm-hmm. on on display in like being John Malkovich. You know, mm-hmm. it's good just so yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I it's just for me. I think what stood out rewatching it again is there's a lot of great ideas in here. It's just it's just by virtue of them being part of that '99 wave of clever exploitation you know, sort of thing. I think that that's where it gets dings for us, at least for me, like where it's kind of hard to watch. It's because it's not necessarily what it is, but what it inspired and what it became and who it inspired, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. You know? Right. It's that's apex clever. It. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, that's, yeah. it's not yeah, its it fault. It's not its fault. But it's not, I was just going to say. The ending like, still works though. It's still sad and crushing. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it does work. It is, it is, it is very unique and very cool. So, oh, boom. <laughs> All right, there we go. That was a long hour. I don't mean that in a bad way, but that was like very rich. Yeah. yeah. Sure. It was cool. I think we covered a lot. We, we yeah, did. Yeah, really, exactly. I feel good yeah. about that one. Yeah. I love <laughs> your Mr. Show that. reference, Joe. Oh, that, yeah. that is such, that is right on the fucking money. Right. Because well, you know, it's, I wanted it's, to, yeah. No, I was All just right. saying, it's, it's like there's music, not to cheat, but just, it's not just Cheating. music videos, but anyway, the, the comedy sensibility. Of yeah. indie comedy, the comedians of comedy tour, that whole thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah. comedy yeah. sucks too now. By the way, <laughs> dude, everything everything's sucks. over. <laughs> everything's <laughs> post. Yeah, yeah. the descendants. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So that was one fucking hour, everybody, on being John Malkovich. Very fun, good time. And if Joey. we think this, oh, was cringe. Ooh, boy. You ain't seen nothing yet. You see nothing <laughs> what are, yet. What's Battle next up, time? Partner. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, we'll we see you again, to... Joey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You'll, I'll be seeing you. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah. So oh, you got to drag someone else in. Come on, man. Join the club. Uh, yeah. We're all posting these to our Instagram stories. We're like, come watch <laughs> yeah. me talk about the Matrix for an <laughs> hour. And the next week, John Malkovich. And then. Yeah. Fucking I'll talk about the club, DVD. Dude. I'll talk about the DVD packaging for the whole. Oh, that is part of it. We got to tell people what part of it. You guys always talk about. The shows of next week and before the title lands. I love it. All right. I didn't drop it. It's a, it's a cold open. They're like, what are they dropped. talking about? All right, Marcus is Oh, leading. I think they could figure it out. All right, so we are going to end uh, our 1999 program, of course, with the Apex 99 film, arguably. This is it. Here we go. We're going to do it. We mentioned it earlier. One fucking hour. Get ready, everybody, on Fight Club. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my God! Get ready, Get your dust brother. And we, and you know what? Out. This is not. <laughs> oh my God! This is not. This is. We did Magnolia. That was mm-hmm. our first dip into the '99 yep. inkwell. Sure. This is not. I will just venture to say this is not a, a pure dunk. No episode. No, no, no. no. Uh, I don't dunk. I, I'll speak for myself. Like, uh, I think there's so many parallels the way this film lands for me and culturally. Yeah, as it does with Malkovich, actually. Like, yeah. Um, because again, I, I walked in to Fight Club and I did, it had no context. I saw it like right. opening weekend. I was just yeah. like, it's a movie. What's going on? Right. And like, and then I slowly saw the nightmare. And it's you know the path that it led, and well, now we're at like Snowflake and stuff. And oh like, yeah, I mean, do we just do is... the episode right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, record. Goddamn, uh, come on, Joey, let's go. Yeah, let's, all right. Destroy the country. Don't need to watch it. Clubs. You don't need to watch. <laughs> it. I don't need to watch yeah. it either. But no, honestly, but you know, to me, it is a Talk little guilty. Me. It is a little guilty pleasure-ish for me. Just if, if we're teasing where we're going with this uh right obviously for me i mean you're talking about i was mr matrix you know at this point in time like right. Fight club falls right in line 
with this. If, if well, that's so, you, you hated it, right? No, no, you. Like, I no, you're saying you like Fight Club? <laughs> no, I, 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 no, I mean, I, I did when I was younger. It like I was a perfect age for a Fight Club. Like when you see a movie like that, when you're 13, yeah. 14 or whatever, you haven't seen anything. There's, you think it's the greatest thing in the world. This it's, is the it's ultimate. constantly pushing best movie ever up. It's pushing right. your world up. It's like, yeah. this, what could be better than this? Like, if it's I'm like, gonna give, like young same. adolescent male catnip. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like yeah. if I'm totally. gonna give, if I'm gonna give my mother a present for her birthday, it's gonna be either The Matrix on DVD, or it's gonna yeah. be Fight Club on DVD. Wait, so, what? Sopranos. Come on, what the fuck? Um, Not for so, a green tomato. Oh, I, right. Yeah. Fucking. I haven't seen in, in this Picasso. yet. Yeah. What? So she says that, right? She's like, I haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, very oh, yeah. Nice. Oh, that's so great. Very cute. And uh, and oh. then of course Tony goes right up our alley, right up our alley. Wow. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, right so, up our alley. Yeah, right up our alley. <laughs> so anyway, Fight Club next week, everybody. Get get ready. Get. You probably don't need to pre watch it, but we're gonna we're gonna bring ninety nine down uh, with a fucking boom here. Um, he said to the pixies, it up, man. Marcus. <laughs> Set to your pixies. <laughs> um, yeah, there's your pixies. Where's my line? There's and, your and, and your Dust pixies. Brothers. Yeah, there's yeah. How about some, How about a Dust Brothers soundtrack? Sure. Why Anybody want to <laughs> fucking go back and to the like? Uh, there's an arc that happens sometimes. When you like something when you're a teenager, yeah, and then you go through a period where you have to pretend you don't like exactly. it until you get older, and yes. then you kind of get more comfortable with yourself, and you can be like, "Fuck it, yeah." You guys might love it. You guys might come out like it's. Yeah, yeah. There Stalker. We go. I'm a fan. It's just <laughs> I'm a fan uh, too. The audacity. Well, I like Fincher in general, but like just the audacity of it. Again, hey, yeah. we're doing a whole episode. We'll talk yeah. about it. You know what? I think gonna... what I'm trying to say is I think that there really is this one is definitely going to be bookended with uh kind of all, I think Malkovich actually. I'm feeling similar things to both of them. Sure. Uh, the cultural connection and sure. you know my own connection. Sure. So and and how there's some cringe in its own in their own <laughs> ways. Mm-hmm. It's okay, but it's who cares? Let's have fun. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I it was a great wait. year for movies. Yeah. It is. It was, it was just fun. It was just bold. Fun. It wasn't even like they're great films. It's like just it fun. was fun. Totally. You would go and be like, we haven't even talked about like American Beauty was fun. It's like what the hell? We've talked like, about this it on the show. Crazy. You've we, talked about it. On yeah. The show. But I'm just saying, you know, yeah. like uh, we're not doing a full ep on that, but we no. could have, you know, and that's the you best could've. picture of the year in the Oscars. And shit. Yeah, totally. Um, it was all fun. Right. Let's get out of here because we've, we've been in here for a while. Um, but everybody get ready. One fucking hour on Fight Club. And then I guess Can't who wait. knows? Question mark after that. Um, and then stay tuned. Of course, on the Patreon, patreon.com slash one fucking hour. We're going to be, uh, if it's not up by the time you hear this, uh, it'll be up shortly. We're going to bu- post our bonus episode one fucking hour on the year 1999 in film. We're just going to rapid fire uh, all these types of movies we've been talking about tonight, the ones that we're not doing uh, in full long form. So the only way you'll be able to hear that is up on the Patreon. Or if you're watching on YouTube and you want to get access to that material, just click the join button underneath this video and become a moment. And uh, you'll get access to that same price, same bullshit. We appreciate you for supporting the channel. If you want to support us, you like what we're doing here, that's the best way to do it. And, uh, of course, uh, make sure you're subscribed uh, to the YouTube channel or on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or follow us on Instagram, all that sort of shit. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. And I don't know, man. I mean, basically, the only thing we have... Thanks to Joey for coming back. Yeah, Yeah. thanks for having me. Fucking, uh, laying it down yeah one back. fucking joey Anytime. man yeah Anytime always visitor. always here we've for... come back for a synecdoche right yeah oh yeah hey i do love that yeah so let's yeah do it. New that's a I wild like one yeah. i like that i like synecdoche a lot yeah too. yeah, yeah.
I still haven't made it through it, I think. So we'll have to. There's some. Yeah. Yeah. God, it's, stuff. it's pretty rewarding. It hit me in the gut there. Yeah. With we'll, have to, we'll have to maybe think about that. But, only three uh, hours long. You yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Feels Joey, longer, though. <laughs> yeah. Joey, we right. can't. Anyway. Joey, we can't leave the good people without the without their what? Moment. Moment. Yeah, so, yeah, all right. baby. All right. So, all right, everybody, have a good rest of your week, and we'll see you for Fight Club, man. First rule of Fight Club, you know what it is. All right, take care. See ya. Bye. Bye. How did you meet John Malkovich and talk him into doing the movie and playing himself? Well, John, like getting, uh, working, uh, getting, talking to John, uh, Charlie, uh, the first time I met John Malkovich was in uh, this really, Were you surprised at how easygoing Malkovich was on the set? Motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef. That was wicked, man. <laughs>